0: Hey, it's uh, episode 77, Thomas and the Bible, my doubleheader, part two of my doubleheader. Yeah, I mean, I said everything last time, but just because I'll say some things. Check out the Cognitive Dissonance episode, it's awesome, Um, and their show in general, it's a good show, Um, and I'm recording on Ustream, as per usual and uh check those out because they're cool get a little you know different element in there uh the vi- specifically the visual element uh and as all you as always please review me on itunes um and check out the facebook facebook.com slash t and the b and that's enough for non bible stuff so let's just get right into the bible we're on first kings three Water time. That's not the name of the chapter. I just needed a glass of water because I'm still sick. I've got this stupid throat thing. It seems to have gotten worse since the last episode. So great. Who cares, though? <clears throat> it's, probably, it's definitely God attempting to thwart my podcasting, of course. Duh. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he made an end of building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall of Jerusalem round about it. uh, Only the people sacrificed in high places, because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. So everything's great, except there's no house for the Lord. And Solomon loved the Lord. He's like, God, I love that Lord. I just love him to death. Uh, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon, as opposed to at an altar or whatever, in a um, tabernacle-y thing. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. And Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Because Solomon was in a dream. He was dreaming. He's probably like a gigantic penis. All right. And uh, that sucked because he didn't get it. And Solomon said, thou hast shewed unto my servant. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never this articulate in dreams. This is what Solomon said in his dream. He said, and Solomon said, thou hast shewed unto thy servant, David, my father. Great mercy. According as he walked. Before the in-truth. I I have a feeling that he embellished this a little bit after the fact. There's no way he said all this in a dream. I'd have been like, uh, what, um, uh." that's like, what do you, do you say things in dreams? I don't even know. I guess you, I guess within the dream, maybe you're saying something, but for me, it's usually just nuts. Like it's nothing. I don't think I I don't think I could hold a real conversation in a dream at all. Even, yeah, I just don't think it would happen. So I'm just saying God should come to him when he's awake. Hey, I've got a couple of viewers now. Just letting you know, I found the chat in this because I switched to the old viewer or the old broadcaster. Um, I'm not sure I needed to, but it wasn't working. And then I switched to this one; and it's working now. So, uh, but anyway, so long story short, I didn't know where the chat was in the old thing. I couldn't find it, but I finally found it. So, if you want to tell me who Al Pacino is, go ahead and tell me who else. <laughs> go ahead and tell me Al Pacino's name over and over because I'm super dumb and can't remember names. Anyway, um, where was I? David, uh, yeah, okay, so he's in his dream. And in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And then he realized he wasn't wearing any clothes. And that's what happens in in uh, in, in all my dreams. That's pretty much how it goes. I'm talking to God. I've got this glorious, you know, this n- nice speech going. Oh, show me kindness. Ah, I don't have any pants on. That's how. That's how it goes. Um, and now, <laughs> God just laughs. Ha! Ah. And now, O oh Lord, my God, Thou hast made Thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. What up, guys? I can see you in the chat. Thank you. Yeah, you can definitely harass me. To t- attempt to. Uh, Ruin my concentration as usual. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> and thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen. A great people that cannot be numbered nor counted from multitude. Which is interesting because nowadays we can do a pretty good job of counting people. And I think there are more people than there were back then. But uh, but no, they can't be. They have so many people now that they can't be counted. It's impossible. Cannot do it. No way you could count this many people it's like 100,000 people. I don't know how many. Oh, great. <coughs> God, horrible. I need a cough button. Mute everything. Sorry about that. But I'm sick and the show must go on. That's how it goes. Uh, and thy servant is in the midst. I already read that. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? So the Lord asks him what he needs and he says, I need a, a good... A heart, better judgment, to be able to rule over my people. Which is a great answer, especially for being in a dream, like I said. Um, and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God said unto him, "Because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for the twelve-inch cock that your <laughs> dad did, uh, but no, thyself for long life or like, long other things. Neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies." But hast asked. That's a tough term to to uh, to keep uh, having to say. Hast asked. Um, n- no, nor, nor have have thy half asked, half hast asked. <laughs> try, try saying half asked and hast asked. So like you hast asked half acidly for riches, <laughs> for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise... People don't say lo anymore. L-O, comma. People really need to say that. Lo, I get... You know, that's a good one. That's that's a word I, I want to bring back. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, but I've also given you cancer, so you're about to die in a week. I don't, I don't know. It would be funny if he did that. He, like, granted him this wish. You'll have a great understanding heart. You'll be super wise... Incidentally, the process for granting um, you know a, a really understanding heart is it also gives you heart cancer, which I know doesn't I don't think that exists, but this is unprecedented, you know so you'll be dead within a week, but you asked you really want to ask for this procedure. I don't you know you should have known the risks. the medical risks go along with it. So uh, yeah, this guy well I don't want to get in trouble for saying people's usernames because I you know last time someone's username was like their real name and their social security number, and their, <laughs> and their children's names, and like their bank account, no, it was just their real name, so the person got a little upset, but uh, anyway, Scuba, that can't be someone's real name, I hope, Scuba's PV, heard me on cogdis that's awesome, man, good stuff, that was really fun, I hope they, you know, I hope they have me on more than every year, although I, you know, I'm like, beggars can't be choosers, but it was really fun stuff, um, Maybe I'll try to pick another holiday because right now they have me every Valentine's Day. You know, maybe I'll pick Independence Day or, you know, Flag Day, that kind of thing. Um, Behold, I've already read that. (laughs) Lo, I've read that. Um, And I have also given thee which thou has not asked, both riches and honor, and that long penis so that there shall not be any among kings unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, right. Belgarath is not your real name. Um, Let's see. And Solomon awoke and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. Then there came two women. Oh, this is great. We get to see how truly wise Solomon is because you've heard, I'm going to set this up a little bit. So you've heard that uh, the Lord granted them a wish, or, sorry, granted him a wish of to have an understanding, be just be just like the wisest king in the world ever. To this day and and God said yes you will be the wisest king there ever was and there ever will be and so here's an example of how wise he is you ready this is surely he's going to you know describe like advanced genetics and uh math and just and and all kinds of discoveries you know layout out uh like the universe kind of how it came to be I mean if he's the wisest king ever right I mean it's going to be something like that it's definitely going to be something like that hundred percent there's no way it's not so let's see Then there came two women that were harlots under the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, "O my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. And I was delivered of a child with her in this house. And it came to pass the third day that I was delivered, after that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also. So it's two harlots, a bunch of harlots having babies. Um, And there's no one in the house. Uh, We were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. Uh, so she just sort of smothered her child by accident. Um, and she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and took uh, and laid her dead child in my bosom. When I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. It was a bear. <laughs> she gave birth to a bear. no. That would be the clear giveaway, and the other woman said, "Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son." And this said, "No, but the dead is thy son, the living my son." Thus they spake before the king. So basically, the two whores are arguing over whose child is which. And but one, it should have been a giveaway because one was a bear and the other one wasn't. So just look at the harlot who looks more like a bear harlot, <laughs> the harlot that services bear customers, um, and then you could probably just figure out who's who by that. No. <clears throat> so the king, with his newfound infinite wisdom, then said the king, the one saith, this is my son that liveth, and thy son is dead. The other saith, nay, but thy son is dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, bring me a sword. And you know, this could never, that when you're talking about babies and, and stuff, and, you, and like, you're going to solve a problem by saying, bring me my sword, that's not a good, Unless he's going to, like, spin the sword and it, whoever it points to, like, that's who it is. It's not a good start. Um, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son. She said, O oh my lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. And the king answered, and said, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it, she is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in it, in him to do judgment. Um, Yeah, so this is the kind of thing that back in the day qualified as wisdom that's never yet been seen and never going to be seen since. I mean, it's a reasonably clever solution to the problem, I, you know, I'll give it that. Um, but, uh, to say he has the wisdom of God, let's, uh, let's let him do some, some multivariable calculus or something before we decide whether he's like the wisest king ever, you know, couldn't he have, couldn't they have given him something, just anything? I know this is an uh, argument that everyone makes all the time, but like, really, if this was really a holy book, couldn't he have said any number of things that would have rang true Throughout recorded history, and would have just completely cleared up the entire question of the Bible's authenticity. Just it'd be so easy, so easy. Uh, but no, you know it's a clever little thing. He's like, cut that baby in half, and then the one woman's like, no, don't. And the other woman's like, yeah, do it. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, well, the one who said yeah, do it, that's the mom. No, that'd be funny if he got that totally wrong. He said, uh, no, the one who said no, do it, she's definitely the mom. And then they cut the baby in half anyways, just because he, you know, he had the sword out. Like, what? Okay, come on. And take his sword out and not cut the baby in half? So King Solomon, this is chapter four now. <clears throat> so King Solomon was king over all Israel. And these were the princes which he had. Oh, good. We get some naming, some listing. <sighs> I better prepare myself. Eliph, El, Elahoreph, and Ahiah, Ahiah, that's a cool name, the sons of Shisha, scribes, Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahalud, the recorder, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the host, and Zadok and Abiathar were the priests, and Azariah, and the son, the son of Nathan, was over the officers, and Zabad, the son of Nathan, was principal officer and the king's friend, and Ahishar, was over the household, and Adoniram, the son of Abdo, was over the tribute. Cool. And Solomon had 12 officers over all Israel. So yeah, this this um, first reading, or sorry, this is the second of the new chapter, of the new book, um, they're kind of setting some things up, so honestly there's not a lot that happens here. He's kind of getting, Solomon's kind of getting his kingdom set up, so there's going to be some boring crap in this reading, as evidence by right now uh these are their names the son of her in mount ephraim the son of dakar and makaz and in and blah blah i'm just gonna skip this crap there's some sons hesed bana the son of ahlud Ah, uh, the son of geber let's just skip skip bunch of sons that's all it's these are his officers who cares why do we need to know this Judah and Israel were many as the sand which is by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. And Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river unto the land of the Philistines and unto the border of Egypt. They brought presents and served Solomon all the days of his life. And Solomon's provision for one day was 30 measures of fine flour and three score measures of meal. That doesn't sound like a very tasty meal. It's just like some, okay, here's your helping of flour. You're like... <laughs> just have to like breathe it in. <laughs> uh, sounds like that's what I did. That's it sounds like that's what happened to my throat. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's outlining for some reason. I don't know why we need to know this. It's outlining what his provisions for his whole like uh, court, I guess, like everybody that Solomon kind of supported. And it says 30 measures of fine flour. <laughs> it would just be funny if that was it. Like everyone. All right. Here's your handful of flour. I won't eat. <laughs> "'eating flour, threescore measures of meal, ten fat oxen, and twenty oxen out of the pastures, "'and an hundred sheep, besides hearts and roebucks "'and fallow deer and fatted fowl. "'For he had dominion over all the region "'on this side of the river, from Tifsa even to Azza, "'over all the kings and on this side of the river, "'and he had peace on all sides round about him. "'And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, "'every man under his vine and under his fig tree.' Uh, from Dan even to Beersheba. All the days... It sucks they didn't have houses. They just had to live under vines and fig trees. <laughs> pretty pretty crappy housing, if you ask me. Uh, it would not never rain, you know? Uh, and Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. But he didn't have any chariots. That was a bad thing about that. He meant to get some. He was working on getting some chariots. But he had the horses for him. And those officers provided victual for King Solomon... And for all that came unto King Solomon's table, every uh, every man in his month. But they lacked nothing. Barley also, and straw for the horses, and dromedaries. That's an interesting word. I don't know what that is. Dromedaries brought they unto the place where the officers were, every man according to his charge. All right. Audience participation time. Someone look up dromedaries. D-R-O-M-E-D-A-R-I-E-S. Dromedaries. Just for fun, if you want to. You don't have to, but... I was gonna look it up, and I was like, I don't want to stop my show to look that up. So you know, crowdsource, um, and then uh, tell me what it is, and you'll get recognition. you <laughs> will be super famous. From <laughs> everyone will be, be on the news. You'll be the they'll be like, this is the guy. So this is CNN. This just in. Someone uh, I'm getting a word that someone just told Thomas from Thomas in the Bible, a podcast that has several dozens of listeners, nay, hundreds. Uh, uh, they told him what, uh, dromedaries means. Uh, They're now famous. Uh, and God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart. (laughs) So much so that his heart exploded in his body and he was killed. Uh, even as the sand that is on the seashore. Uh, and Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of these countries. Well, I'd hope he'd be wiser than the children. That would be, I mean, if he wasn't wiser than the children, you'd hope he wasn't going to be king. And all the wisdom of Egypt, for he is wiser than all men. Okay, well, then we, if he's wiser than all men, do you need to say he's wiser than all children, too? Like, let's just go ahead and assume. There's not, like, one precocious child that's wiser than everybody. Uh, and then Ethan the Ezrite and Heman and all the other people. Who cares? And his fame was in all nations roundabout. And he spake 3,000 proverbs. And his songs were 1,005. So he knew 1,005 songs. He was just like a karaoke uh what? Sure, explode. Oh, yeah. Somebody tell me what dromedaries means, damn it. No comments until you tell me what that is. they um, <laughs> speak of trees. From, uh, yeah, so he knows a thousand and five songs. Um, That's kind of funny that that's part of his wisdom. What if they were all just variations on like three blind mice or something? Three blind rice. Three blind mice right. wow that's another song I know. Uh five blind mice. Five blind mice yeah, it was just three blind mice like one through a thousand and five. Thousand and five blind mice. Thousand and five blind mice. See how they run? Oh it's a camel. Oh, oh okay. Dromedaries are camels. Alright, Belgarath, If that is your real name as you say it is. You're now famous. Let me just push the make famous button. Okay, you're famous. Should be getting calls for interviews, that kind of thing. Any second now, <clears throat> So that's what happens. I, you know, I treat the people who help me out on my show. Uh, and he, so he knew, so he knew a thousand and five songs, but I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on that. um, And just say he only knew like, like five songs. I don't know. How many songs could they have had back then? Oh, come on. Scuba's PV. Don't try to, you know, he looked it up first. Damn it. Next time be faster on the uptake. Don't, you know. Don't uh, don't try to claim his fame. Yeah, I'm all out of fame. I can only make one person famous per day. That's how it, that's how it works. Um, and he and he knew a bunch of trees. I'm just describing why Solomon is like the wisest guy ever. He's a wise guy. Um, and they say it's because he knew proverbs, songs, and trees. Because <laughs> that's that's what makes you wise. How many trees do you know? I only know like five trees. I'm not very wise. He spake also of beasts and fowl and creeping things and of fishes. And there came of all people uh, <laughs> to uh, all people, to hear the wisdom of Solomon from kings of the earth, which it's heard of his wisdom. Um. Okay, now I'm on Kings 5. That was Kings 4. Then we're going to Kings Cup. <clears throat> Water time. And here I am king of Tyre sent his servants unto Solomon for he had heard that they had anointed him king in the room of his father for Hiram was ever a lover of David (laughs) that means what we think it means I didn't even notice that when I read this at first yeah was a lover of David and he had to be kind of candid about it or that's the opposite right no doesn't candid mean I just heard that? like when you speak candidly that means openly doesn't it and then this is another thing I need to solve Candid. Candid. But why was there like... Sorry, I'm ruining my freaking podcast to search this because I have the worst setup now. Candid. Definition. Oh. Because like when you speak candidly... Um, free from prejudice. Characterized by openness and sincerity of expression. That's so funny because back in the day, back when I was like one... And there's that show Candid Camera. I thought that meant like candid, like it was hidden, you know? I think that for my whole life, am I just the only one who's this dumb? Um, I know this has nothing to do with anything, but now, you know, it's my show, damn it. I want to know. Am I the only one who's that dumb? I thought candid meant like hidden, you know? But then, candid, oh, wait, there's a third definition, not posed or rehearsed. Okay, so that's what it comes from. All right, problem solved, guys. I just learned something today. So there's a third definition of candid that means not posed or rehearsed. Okay. So why did I just say that? What was I? Do- <laughs> what was I oh yeah. Uh he had to be candid about it. Would that still no. Um he because not posed or rehearsed, that wouldn't work. He had to be sneaky about it. He had to be sly about how he was saying it. And he was like, oh David, I love that guy. I really, really love that as a friend just as a king and as a just as a guy um not sexual no you know we totally didn't like constantly do each other um totally did not i don't know why why are you asking me that didn't you ask did you ask me if we did each other all the time i i swear i heard someone ask that did no one none of you guys ask, well just in case someone asked that cuz i thought i heard it we didn't do each other like all the time um we didn't do each other like 5 times a week definitely did not um, so, yeah, Hiram was ever a lover of David. And you know what that means. And Solomon, uh, Solomon sent to Hiram saying, Thou knowest how, uh, how that my David, my father, could not build an house unto the name of the Lord. Because you guys were too busy getting it on. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, no. And because uh, for the God, for the wars, which were about every side. So he's saying, like, David couldn't build a house of worship because um, there was always war. He's never time, you know. He didn't have time. To, there's never peace. Um, okay, uh, until the Lord, until the Lord put them under the soles of His feet. But now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side. So there is a uh, neither adversary nor evil occur uh, current. Hmm. And behold, I propose to build an house under the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord spake unto David, my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build an house unto my name. Therefore, now therefore, (coughs) command that thou, uh, thou that they hew me cedar trees out of Lebanon. He went from his vast tree knowledge, his his, uh, immense knowledge of trees. He's like going through my tree encyclopedia. Hmm. Cedar trees will do the trick. Uh, that they hew me cedar trees out of Lebanon, and my servants. So no king was wise enough to ever know the right tree for the house. That's that's what's going on here. And my servants shall be with thy servants, and unto thee will I give hire, for thy servants according to all that thou shalt appoint. For thou knowest that there is not among us any that can skill to hew timber like unto the Sidonians. And it came to pass when Hiram heard the words of Solomon. He rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, which hath given unto David a wise son over this great people. And Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have considered the things which thou sentest to me for. And I will do all thy desire concerning timber of cedar and concerning timber of fir. My servants shall bring them down from Lebanon unto the sea, unto the sea and I will convey them by sea into floats uh, unto the place that thou shalt appoint me and I will cause them to be discharged there. And thou shalt receive them, and thou shalt accomplish my desire in giving food for my household. So Hiram, he didn't really need to say all that, did he? Couldn't he have just said, yeah, deal's on. He didn't have to go through everything again that they just said, yeah, okay. Trees, we're going to get you the trees, you give us food, done. But he's like, he has to go through it all. Yes, I will give you the trees. We will take them down and put them in the ocean. and just... It's like, yeah, yes or no, man, just tell me what's going on. I got things to do. I'm a king. Um, but apparently the people who wrote this book had nothing to do. So they wrote all of that. And Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 measures of wheat for food for his household and 20, 20 measures of pure oil. Thus gave Solomon to Hiram year by year. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And they two made a league together. A uh, fantasy football league, actually. Because that's the, the best way... To keep peace between two nations, two states. Good old fantasy football league. The draft was hell though, because there was like millions of citizens or at least hundreds of thousands, and they each need to pick players, you know, it's like so the first like thousand people got players and then everyone else just had no players. They're like, Well, we don't have a chance really And that's that's all that's all they went. They had to start drafting themselves, like just in case they would get drafted in the league. I don't know how, how many fantasy football players we have out there make this joke make any sense so i'll just go on and king solomon raised a levy out of all israel and the levy was eugene levy now the levy was 30000 men and he sent them to lebanon 10000 a month by courses a month they were in lebanon and two months at home and Adonim, adoniram God, adoniram was over the levy and solomon uh, had threescore and ten thousand that bare burdens, and fourscore thousand hewers in the mountains. Beside the chief of Solomon's officers, which were over the work, three thousand and three hundred which ruled over the people that wrought the work. And the king commanded, and they brought great stones, costly stones, and hewed stones to lay the foundation of the house. And Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders did hew them at the in uh, the stone squarers. So they prepared timber and stones to build the house. On to chapter 6. This is our last chapter of the Sode. Yeah, the chapters 1 and 2 I read earlier were really long because like, I'm already, it's only 30 minutes in, I'm already on the last chapter, although I think this chapter's a little lengthy. But those are some long chapters we had. Or craptors. I should always call them craptors. Um, excuse me. Okay, chapter 6. <clears throat> and it came to pass in the uh, 480th year, After the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month Zif, Zif, which is the second month. Oh, we're in the second month now. It's February. It's practically the same. You can see that it came from the word Zif. It's like the same, practically the same word. That he began to build the house of the Lord. And the king, uh, in the house which King Solomon built for the Lord, the length thereof was three square cubits, and the breadth thereof, twenty cubits, and the height thereof, thirty cubits. Finally, the Lord won't be homeless anymore. He can stop bumming change for me at street corners and gas stations and stuff. I'm really sick of it. It's every every time, you know. Is that what's going on? The Lord's homeless, so that's why churches are always begging for money for the Lord. Like, look, I just... I don't know about you guys, you two viewers or, you know, my countless millions of listeners. Uh, I live in a shitty place where there's people begging me for money all the time. Um... And, uh, yeah, it's like, is that what's going on with the Lord, with churches? They're like, look, please give what you can. The Lord just needs gasoline to get home. He's just stranded out. There's always some story. you know. I never know if it's true. I usually give people money if they ask me for it, um, except you guys. Don't ask me for money. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Belgrath. Yeah, he does the, <laughs> the Lord. That's a good one. The Lord does like this, the, the windshield thing where he's like, starts cleaning your windshield. Oh no. Oh, he already starts. So you can't feel bad telling him to stop. Like, no, I'll clean it. Like, I had one guy do that and I was like, just don't even fucking bother with that. I'll just give you money. Like I don't need a windshield, whatever. I have windshield wipers for that. Like how clean do you need your windshield? Really? Like, you, you know, I, it's, windshield wipers do a decent job. Sometimes if, if like a, a seagull craps on my windshield, I need to, I need to brush it off with the uh, you know at the gas station, but yeah. But God, you stop on a street corner and God does the like sprays the newspaper like you know, and then you feel like you have to give God some money. You're like God, God damn it, can't you just can't you just get a job, God? Stop living off of me. No, um, <laughs> there's always some excuse though. God's like I just need to buy I just need to buy like this this hamburger over there at this place, and then I'll be fine. And you're like God. You tell me this every time. It's the same story. Every time, God. I know you're just spending that money on booze, on wine on holy wine, holy water. Um okay. Uh and yeah, as as for Scuba's PV, yeah, these stories are useless. Um Oh, are there ads? Oh shit. Is that is that I didn't even think of that. I thought I assumed the ads would just go on like before you'd watch the video or whatever. Does it really interrupt what I'm doing? And then give you an ad? That's terrible. Or does it, like, offset us? That's very interesting. I just assumed ads would go, like, when you play back. Oh, man, that sucks. So, like, you just get do nothing. You just don't hear me once the ad starts? I need to know this because I'll, like, stall, I guess. Or I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. That sucks. How do I know? Is there a way I can know that? There's got to be a way I can No, Ads. But anyway, yeah, these stories are really stupid. Um and it sucks that I'm committed to reading them. And uh you know, I don't know what to say. I, I wish I could just skip to the New Testament, but I think if I just plug away, we'll get there eventually. Um we're less than halfway done with the old testament, but uh I'm hoping there, you know, we'll be able to skip some stuff or something. I don't know. Maybe Psalms. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, alright. Um, So that's a negatory on the ads. Well, good. Let me know. If it does interrupt me or something, let me know because I would be effed up. Like, just, I mean, I'm really important. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> if it, like, stopped, you know, and then you you missed some of the glorious Bible. You know, if you missed a setup for a joke and then it comes back and I'm, like, saying the punchline, I'm like, hey, hey, guys, huh? Like, you're like, I don't know. I didn't hear the, the setup for the joke. I have no idea what that means. Um... What was I talking about? And the porch before... Okay, so he's building him a house. Building God a house. And the porch before the temple of the house, 20 cubits was the length thereof, according to the breadth of the house. And 10 cu- No, I read that. And for the house, he made windows of narrow lights. See, the, pr- the problem is like you teach... you give, You give a God a fish, he eats for a day. Also, who eats only one fish for a whole day? I think we should... Oh, it does. So one guy's saying it stops and does a commercial. The other guy's saying it doesn't. You two fight to the death, and whoever wins, <laughs> then you're right. No, um, I interrupted my terrible joke. Uh, they they need to adjust that that phrase. You give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Like I don't. If you gave me a fish, I'd be like, first of all, I don't like fish. So can you can you give me something better than this fish? Because I don't like fish. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, okay. I can't officially sanction that. So yeah, just read what Belgrath said. Um, I think I get in trouble. No one watches my effing screen. Yeah, get it, get ad block, everyone. I don't think I'm allowed to say that, but I don't. No one watches me, so no one's gonna. Who cares? Um, God, I'm in like five jokes into this joke. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That so the phrase, everyone. The phrase you, you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Ah. Uh, I I already I'm gonna let me stop you right there. I say you give a man maybe if you give a man like a big ass fish and he really liked fish, you give him like a giant tuna, you know? Because aren't tuna like huge? I don't know. I don't. Know if, I don't like fish. They they smell. They smell gross. I you know I try to. I, I've realized that in my older age, I used to be a really picky eater. Um and in <laughs> in my old age, uh you know my advanced years, I'm 20. I don't even know 27. Super old. Um I've i to the point where you lose track, which may be sooner or older for certain people. But anyway, I realized I eat anything. Like I just eat things. Like just put something in front of me, I just eat, 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 eat. Um, and so I I've always hated fish, but I decided like I'm just gonna eat fish because I like everything. And even though I've always hated fish and the smell disgusts me, I'm just so I started eating fish. Um on occasion. I still don't really like it, but it's like I can eat it and just pretend I like it and I do, and it's fine. But uh, yeah, oh, there you go. Give a man a cow. Why don't you change it to cow? Well, the, the reason you can't change it to cow is because you can't say. But you teach a man to cow. <laughs> you give a man a cow, he'll eat for a week. You teach a man to cow, he'll eat for the rest of his days. No, but I like that. That we have to say you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Like if you gave me a fish, I'd be like, first of all, I don't want. I don't really want this. But okay, if I'm dying, say I'm starving, I'll, I'll be like. So what do I do? Do I gut it? Like if I don't know how to deal with it. You gotta teach them how to eat the fish, right? You can't just like just take a bite out of a fish. That's not good. So uh and then I'd say like, oh, okay, this is good for lunch. Like, okay, I'll have fish for lunch then, I guess, but what what about second breakfast? Uh, you know, what am I what am I gonna have for the <laughs> for the remaining meals? What about second breakfast? What am I gonna have for the remaining meals of the day? Um so I already reject that. But anyway, this the dumb joke I was making is with this building God a house. You know, you give God a fish, he eats for a day. You teach a God to fish, he'll eat for eons, eons and eons. So I don't know that this house building habitat for humanity, habitat for deity, <laughs> yeah, habitat for deity. So I feel like I should have another syllable there. Uh, I don't know if this is the best way to deal with the homeless, uh, homeless God situation. All right, so I'll move on from that digression. I think that was a worthwhile digression, though. We really got somewhere with the teach a man to fish thing. I've never thought about that before. <laughs> Give a man a fish, he's like, hey, I don't, I'm don't. allergic to fish. I don't actually eat fish. And you teach a man to fish, and he's like, oh, great. So then I'll just not eat forever. Thank you. Thank you for nothing, you person who's in this saying. All right. Um, number five here. And against the wall of the house... He built chambers round about against the walls of the house and about both of the temple and of the oracle. And he made chambers round about, and the nethermost chamber was five cubits broad, and the middle was six cubits broad, and the third was seven cubits broad. For without in the wall of the house he made narrowed nest, uh, rests round about, that the beams should not be fastened in the walls of the house. And. About the house, when it was building, it uh, was built of stone, made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building. I don't know why that's important. It's important to not have any tools while you're... Is that some holy decree? I don't know. You're crouching on my holy decrees! The door uh, for the middle chamber was in the right side of the house, and they went up with winding stairs into the middle chamber, and out of the middle into the third... So he built the house and finished it and covered the house with beams and boards of cedar. And then he built the chambers against the house, five cubits high, and they rested on the house with timber of cedar. Why does it keep saying he? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, see, that I built that whole house. I built all of that. Everything. A lot of work. People are like, really? You built that? And in- How long did that take you? Well, uh, I had thousands of laborers. Um, I didn't actually. I was nowhere near it. I was in a different county, actually. I don't even... Um. But it took me, it took me a month for those builders to build the house. <laughs> it took me two months for them to build my house. <laughs> I like this like he, you know, just, he's claiming credit for building it. Oh man, and then when I had to put those, that roofing on there. Oh, that took me, those workers, like forever. Yeah, that, Oh man, that just, every, every night I would go to bed exhausted Because of how much work those thousands of workers did. I'd just be like, oh, I've been, I've been, they have been laboring all day. (laughs) I've been there not doing anything. Uh, So I don't know. I like how he takes credit for that. It's kind of funny. And the word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, concerning this house, which thou art building with those thousands of workers, if thou wilt walk in my statutes and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then I will perform my word with thee which I spake unto David thy father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will not forsake my people, Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. And he built the walls of the house within boards of cedar, both the floor and the house and the walls of the ceiling. And he covered them on the inside with wood and covered the floor of the house with planks of fir. And he, and that's F-I-R, obviously. And he built 20 cubits on the sides of the house, both the floor and the walls with boards of cedar. Let me ask you guys this. Um is is the video laggy? You audio listeners, you can answer too. Just email me. I'll get your email in like a month. Uh is the video laggy? Cuz in my little preview thing, it's it's looking really laggy. I mean, I suppose that would depend on your connections too, but I hope it doesn't upload that way, you know, like I haven't ever I guess I haven't watched one of my videos, but I guess I should go back and look. Uh, that's anyway, that's the current question for the uh for the listening audience, for the viewing audience. Um Where was I? And he built uh something in the house that is the temple before it was forty cubits long, so we're just talking cubits. We're dealing in cubits here. Um and the cedar of the house was carved with knobs and open flowers. All was cedar, no stone seen, and the oracle he prepared. So it's, can't you just say like it was a really um it was a really good house. Move on. You know, like, I feel like I could save you two chapters if you just said, and he built one hell of a house. You know, I don't need to know what's in the house. I don't care how it was built. It doesn't matter. And the oracle in the four part was 20 cubits in length, 20 cubits in breadth, 20 cubits in height there. Although I am glad back in the day that they gave us the um, dimensions of the arc, because it is funny to think about how you know, millions of animals were supposedly fitting in that, like, one cubit arc. That's the only time I'm glad they started getting into cubits. Cubit zirconia. Uh, so Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold. And he made a partition by the chains of gold before the oracle. And he overlaid it with gold. Is this where the Solomon gold thing comes from? Is that where that comes from? King Solomon and Solomon's touch? Isn't that him? He touches things, they turn to gold, and then he accidentally touches his family, and they turn to gold. And he's happy. He's like, yes, I hated my family, and now they're gold. Amazing. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I wonder if that's where that comes from. I don't know. Anyway. And within, I'm sure there's like 90 King Solomons. It's probably a zillion. Um, And within the oracle, he made two cherubims of olive tree, each ten cubits high. And five cubits was the one wing of the cherubim, and five cubits the other wing of the cherub. From the uttermost part of one wing unto the uttermost part of the other were ten cubits. And the other cherub was ten cubits. Both the cherubims were of one measure and one size. The height of the one cherub was ten cubits. And so it was uh, the other cherub. And he set the cherubs within the inner house. And they stretched for, uh, forth the wings of the cherubims. So that the wing of the one touched the one wall. And the wing of the other touched the other wall. And they're... Let me sum up. Cool house. Dude, that's that could have been the name of this the entire chapter. He built a cool house. Done. And he overlaid the cherubims with gold. And there was lots of gold. Done. God. And he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved figures of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers within and without, without. And the floors he overlaid with gold within and without. Within and without you um and for entering for the entering of the oracle he made doors of the olive tree and lintel inside lintel l-i-n-t-e-l lintel be funny if he made it out of lintels lentils and the side posts were the fifth part of the wall the two doors were also of olive tree and he carved upon them carvings cherubims again cool house done end of chapter So also he made for the door of the temple, the post of the olive tree, the fourth part of the wall, and two doors of the the fir tree, and the two leaves in the one were folding, and the two leaves in the other door were folding. And he carved thereon cherubims and palm trees and open flowers and covered them with gold fitted upon the uh, carved work. And he built the inner court with three rows of hewed stone and rows of cedar beams. And the fourth year was the foundation of the house of the Lord. Um, Man, he must have been really tired. Four years of him building all this. Every day, he had to have thousands of people build this. That must have been so tiring. In the 11th year, in the month bull, B-U-L, that's the name of the month, um, which is the eighth month, by the way, uh, the house finished throughout all the parts thereof, according to the, all the fashion of it. So he was seven years building it. Oh, God. Okay, we're done with that. And we're done with our reading for tonight. So that, that was First Kings 6, and that was our second episode in our two episode marathon oh it did stop Belgraf. it stopped it's stopping now this ends now um yeah so thank you to guys it says i have three viewers but one of you is really quiet thank you to participating viewers um and thank you all listeners for listening and i hope that uh maybe hopefully we get some more folks from cog because i think they have quite a following and uh you know Maybe a little bit of that following will uh, drift down my way. Trickle down podcastonomics. Um, eh, I got nothing else to say. Another great episode, if I may say so. I don't know why I just said that. Another another episode done. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, maybe I can do one Wednesday or Thursday and stay back on track. I think I almost catch, catched. I think I almost caught up because I skipped three weeks, two weeks, probably three. Um, but now here's two. So that's good. And then if I do one this week, uh, you know, be close. Um, I wish I didn't have to have a job guys. I do sh- shit loads of episodes, you know, do this all the time. So if like a hundred of you want to hire me, um, <laughs> to do terrible podcast episodes. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's not happening. So until then I'll just do what I can. Um, but, uh, thanks for listening and I'll see you guys next time, which should be in a few days. Adios.